Cash, No Chase Film Society, the podcast back. And uh, if you're listening to this, then of course you're listening to us in the brand new year of 2020. Welcome, welcome back. Uh, of course, I got to acknowledge my partner in crime in this thing, the presenter of this platform of No Chase Film Society, the CEO of OTS, the podcast platform himself. Big Derek, what's up, D? My brother, what's going on, man? Happy New Year to you, my ha- brother. Happy New Year to you. They thought we weren't coming back. Hey, man. But fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no Chase Film Society, man, back again, stronger than ever. Uh, thank y'all for who, those of you all. Uh, pardon my, my Southern, my Southern slang. But uh, thank y'all for coming back and uh, rocking with us again. Many of y'all have given us a lot of feedback from uh, the, I want to call the trial run, Derek, that we did, that we put in last year. The I think we put season. in like maybe four episodes. Yeah, about... Maybe what, six? About six, like that. yeah. Yeah, that's our trial run, though. You know what I mean? We feel like this uh, this right here is uh, is us, man. You know, this is us. We, we, got our, we got our posture. You know what I mean? We figure out the momentum we want to take this. And, uh, you know, Derek and I invested a, a whole lot of attention into giving y'all some good content with this uh, film discussion, long-form film discussion podcast. So with that said, thank y'all. Happy New Year to all of you out there, part of the this, this society, and we hope to give y'all some more, you know. Man, it's good to be back. Basically. <laughs> Basically. It's good to um, be back. Man, I'm chilling, man. You know, we got a movie. We we de- we've already discussed yes. a film, yes. uh, which we're which we're gonna call a feature presentation, uh, part of the podcast. But before we get too deep into that, uh, we want to pretty much open up um, some housekeeping. You know, um, you know, this is the again the first show of 2020, so we want to start off fresh. We want to start things off new. And by saying that, we want to let you all know that we're going to kind of keep this format that we've been using uh, over the last few podcasts where uh, we're going to take time like this, the beginning of the podcast, to just kick the shit, as we'll call it, you know, compare notes, just kind of uh, go back and forth on current films that we've seen, movies that we've seen, um, and TV shows, uh, people who kind of to the podcast know I don't really do, do too much TV but uh Derek does so you know sometimes we engage on that and every now and then I do catch a TV show that I might give attention to so we'll use this part of the show the early part of the show to chop up uh just general conversation before we get into the second phase of our uh podcast which will be what we're calling the feature presentation where we're going to have uh, each podcast which we tend to we uh, we intend to drop once a week each podcast will uh pretty much feature a discussion, a long-form discussion and a review on one particular film uh, each week. So this is what we're a part of, man. This is what we invite y'all into. And uh, yeah, that's it for me, man. Derek, what you got, man? Man, this uh, this this break that we've been on, I've um, I got into watching a lot of movies, man. Especially over the, mm-hmm. uh, the Christmas uh, holiday. I, I watched ton of movies um actually watched that docuseries uh by um from kevin hart did you ever check that out 
I just watched that. Yes. What were your thoughts on that? Um, it, it was definitely uh, you can tell it was uh, authorized, as they call it. You know, an authorized mm-hmm. version of a story. You can tell it was from his point of view. You know, there there was some transparency there, but um, you can tell there was a lot of authorized uh, Kevin Hart sanctioned and approved content. They came through it, um, but other than that, you know, it, it was it was it was kind of kind of mediocre. I, it didn't really have an effect on me. I'm not a Kevin Hart fan. Mm-hmm. That documentary didn't really change it very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say the one thing I walked away with though that kind of disappointed me was the uh, the portrayal or the the uh, depiction of his father. You know, the pretty much the image of his father that he put out there. Oh yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I understand that you know it's honest and he is what he is and all of that, but you know it just seemed to me that he just went. It was it was so vivid the 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 love he had for his mother in the documentary, mm-hmm. but it just seemed like such such an opposite direction when it came to the depiction of his father. Yeah, his dad seemed like a side piece. Yeah, so that was disappointing. You know, yeah. that's his story. I don't yeah. really criticize for telling it like that, but. Um, but yeah, it was just disappointing to see that. But I honestly, the 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 documentary or the docu series didn't really have much of an impact on me. What did you think about the um, conversation that he had with his friend, boss, his trainer? You're talking on the plane, the confrontation. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> not conversation. Yeah, confrontation. That was some, that that caused me to confirm a lot of uh, not so positive opinions I have of Kevin Hart. Yeah. It, conf- it confirms a lot of what I believed about him before I saw that. I mean, that that was a... Com- I mean, even though he apologized, the, and the apology to me seemed a little self-centered, if you ask me. It, yeah, it did. Uh, honestly speaking, it seemed like that was even a, a, a act of uh, presentation mm-hmm. to him. But it just showed that he's a, he's an asshole. You know, he's an asshole, and there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a demeanor to him. There's a, there's a put-on nature to him. That just pretty much I'm just just beyond it seems like a phony guy, you know. Yeah. And um for, treat a friend like that, you know, I mean again, I understand he apologized for it, but the the the, bear, the fact that he just going by what we saw mm-hmm. and judging, judging what he allowed us to view, mm-hmm. uh, for him to treat a friend like that, I believe that's something in his character. Uh yeah, I don't mean trash Kevin Hart to all Kevin Hart fans. I know this is a, a movie podcast. <laughs> Kevin Hart would not be, you know, the brightest person to trash. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't have much, uh, much fandom for Kevin Hart, man. Yeah, I've always respected his uh, work ethic, um, but I will say, and I, I tell people all the time, I don't necessarily try to get into the personal aspect of of someone that i i i view whose art i view um, Mm -hmm. unless they put it into their art um i try to just take you know what they show me and just leave it at that um this was it was definitely honest and raw but i um I had to say that that whole confrontation that that left a, a bitter taste in my mouth, man. 
I, I, I can't see myself calling someone a friend that's that's able to go that far. And to be honest, what he was even talking about made no sense to me. I don't. I he don't, was drunk. Yeah, I think that was. Yeah, but, he was, but it's it still had nothing to do with what was actually being talked about or discussed in that moment. Um, right. Like I know he's had this issue with this friend that tried to extort him with the whole um, that whole tape and everything like that. But I, I and I know you can have trust issues from stuff like that. But right. that that just did not sit well with me. The the entire that and the fact that his wife just um, kind of. She seemed a little off a little bit too. Um but she basically just gave him another uh uh pass for to go out and do whatever cuz she said three strikes. He's only done this once from what we know. So um I wouldn't be surprised if he gets if something else comes out again. Well, you know, you know, I, I try not to be the one to to go into those directions with these celebrities lives, you know. Mhm. As far as who they screwing or whatever and and all of that, even though it's kind of always in your face. Mm-hmm. But I will say this though, in in regard to that uh, that plane situation, I personally feel like a lot of that uh, that that what I feel is, was false alpha male energy he was trying to exude because he is a little guy, and you know he yeah. he pretty much probably has that little guy complex. Napoleon um, complex. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you got your wife sitting right there, you know, right next to this guy. I think a lot of that energy was showtime for him and maybe it's because his wife was sitting right there. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he does have, you know, uh the what I would call that bitch made character, because that's 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 bitch made type shit for yeah. for a guy to act like that with his with his with his friend. Right. You know, that's 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 pretty that's pretty sideways shit. And um yeah, you're right. To, for me to watch that, you know, it was real. It was real uncomfortable, man. It, it was pretty. It was pretty foul to watch. Yeah, I didn't like that. And even the apology, you know, again, I saw he apologized, and you know, some people maybe want to say it's fair to give him credit for that, of uh, the fact that he did apologize. But it just seemed like I don't know if that was the Instagram post he was reading or, <laughs> or what. But I think it was a you group know, text message. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it just. Uh, it just came off perform, you know. It did. Kevin Hart comes off like um, one of those characters, like kind of like Will Smith. You know how Will Smith was always on. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's always Will Smith all the damn time. Mm-hmm. Even though you know I really don't have a problem with Will Smith. I'm just using that as an example um, of the of one of those guys, those characters that just got that personality all the time. Mm-hmm. Kevin Hart comes off to me like that guy, but his to me, just from what I get off of, and I'm a guy off energy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I go off energy. His seems a little bit darker, you know. Yeah. To, you know, some about some about it just don't sit right. And the fact that you know, um, there's this reputation he has, and like I said, I don't know if it's confirmed or not confirmed, but there's this reputation he has of how he develops his material and how he actually gets his material. Um, people can look that up. I don't want to go into that right now, but okay. you can look up, you know, how you know this reputation he has for. Uh, yeah, how he how he gets material about the comics and stuff like that. So yeah, man, I kind of I, I kind of deal with Kevin Hart from a distance. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, we took a turn and bashing the hell out of Kevin Hart. I don't know what. That <laughs> Sorry, yeah, man. we didn't even get just to Tyler Perry yet. It's just an opinion, man. <laughs> it's just an opinion. But uh, 
But yeah, I saw I saw the series. Yeah, you know, it was it was okay. You know, mm-hmm. okay. If you want to talk about Netflix stuff, though, uh, did you see the Irishman, man? Because I know we were talking over the holidays yes. and looking for it. So you finally got through the whole three and a half hour joint, right? And I had to, I had to, um, yeah, because I watched it with Rihanna, and um, I had to watch the end of it over again because I fell asleep. Yeah. But where would you rank that? Um, amongst Martin Scorsese films. Okay. Um. Well, I wouldn't say it's his best. I'll okay. just put that out. Okay. It, it wasn't his best. I wouldn't even say it's one of his best. Okay. Right. Yeah. But I will say it's one of the best movies of the year. Okay. I will. Say. That's fair. Yeah. Because Scorsese, you know, I mean. Come on, Scorsese is is you can't really flop when you're talking about Scorsese. He's a, he, you know I got a lot of respect for Scorsese. I think he's a master filmmaker. So you know he he's one of those ones that it'd be difficult for him to fuck up anything. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as where this ranks among his his entire body of work, um, no, it's it's a few others I would put over this. Yeah, I um. I thought it was I thought it was really good. I uh I don't know. I think um the one thing that's kind of troubling me is that, you know, the um from what I've heard cuz I don't know Jimmy Hoffa's story um outside of this movie. But what bothered me was that I heard a couple of times from different people that that's not even how his story actually ended. And so I didn't know right. if it was, I didn't know if it was just something that was kind of like, did he like really, do you know his story or not? Right, I'm going to tell you like this though, about this particular story. I, I know like bits and pieces of Jimmy Hoffa's story, uh-huh. but the reason why I, um, I don't hold this movie into, into that high esteem is because I wasn't inspired at all to look into it after watching this movie. Okay. So, I, I'll, I'll answer it like that. But I, I will say that the little bit I did look into this movie um, after I saw it, um, I just know him to be a union leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, that was a big deal. See, that's not really a conversation that we hear a whole lot of mm-hmm. as far as union leaders and stuff in this in this day and age, mm-hmm. which is why I think uh, that's another reason why it probably didn't resonate with me like that. But um, he was a union leader. And uh, that's something that was a pretty much a big a big deal. He was pretty much like a, a celebrity type figure right. of his of his day, and um, he got mixed up with the wrong people. Which those elements of the film are true, okay. um, at least from the, the history that I know of it. I mean, from what I understand of it, mm-hmm. yeah, those those parts are true that he got mixed up with uh, you know mafia figures and underworld figures or whatever, and he just came up missing. <laughs> and that's <laughs> he just it opened that just went he went poof. Those things did happen. Okay. Um, but so yeah, I wasn't inspired to look deep into who he was. Okay, so Scorsese's interpretation was just his interpretation instead of that. Well, this was based off of a book. This particular movie was based off okay. of a, a book that some that the guy who Robert De Niro's character played. Uh, Jimmy Sher- 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 Sheridan, I believe mm-hmm. the guy's name was. Uh, 
Um, he he's the character that actually wrote the book. Robert De Niro's character is a real life character that actually wrote a oh. book. And through his confession, uh, he this is how he he detailed what happened to Jimmy Hoffa. So was he in the movie giving an interview? <clears throat> um, that was for the book. It can be interpreted as that. Yeah, it, it okay. never the, the film never explicitly tells you who the, the the characters are talking to because the people who haven't seen the movie, a little bit of a spoiler alert, there's a, I guess you could say there are scenes where characters are breaking, breaking the, what's it called, the, the fourth wall or whatever? Fourth wall, yeah. Yeah, uh, where, the, where characters are actually uh, talking to the audience. And um, it can be interpreted that he's giving an interview with a writer. Yeah, I've actually, when I looked into, you know, videos and reviews of the movie, those are things that people drew from that, that that those were scenes where he he was actually talking or narrating that to to the person who wrote the book. Okay, okay, that makes more sense because that that was another part of it that I was kind of struggling with, because it really wasn't revealed. Yeah, who he was speaking to. Well, you know, it was, it was the movie was like three hours and twenty minutes. Yeah, um, those scenes the movie could have did without, in my judgment, and a couple of others. Yeah, um, you know, so the movie was a little bloated, but. I gotta say, there's one particular scene that is worth the whole movie, and that's the whole uh, Jimmy Hoffa, um, I guess you can call the whole showdown, so to speak, mm-hmm. during the retirement party mm-hmm. uh, for for Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, that um, that was good. Yeah, that was part. Of, that was actually, without question, that was the best scene in the movie. Yeah, um, that made it worth the whole movie just to watch him like pretty much bury himself with his mouth. Right. And, uh, yeah, Al Pacino, we're talking about, as far as the uh, character who played Jimmy Hoffa. You know, real good job. I I, don't, I think the, um, I will say the uh, CGI elements were a little overrated. I know a lot. In they, terms of Joe of Pesci? All of them. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, the film, to me, would have been better if he actually had the actors play, well, had those had younger actors play, you know, in those characters there. Instead of having the actual actor de-aged and de-aged, yeah. I think the film would have had a, had, a better, had a better flow. I think it just would have been a better presentation to the film, a better approach, I would say, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> to the movie if he actually had cast younger actors to play those roles instead of using the CGI. I mean, I understand I the CGI was a big conversation, but I'd much rather have seen younger talent kind of translate those characters. Me personally, I, I agree with that. That that was a little bit distracting. Um, yeah. Even though I will say it was probably um, some of the better uh, de aging that I've seen, but it was still distracting in that element. It just something something about it didn't. But they feel just, right. they still looked old. They me, still look old. As, yeah. Yeah. Well, they still came off old. The body structure, particularly the one where. Um, the scene where Robert De Niro decides to kick somebody's ass, right? Uh, the the shop owner or whatever that support that touched his daughter or fired his daughter, and he went down there and kicked his way. He, he, he was supposed to kick his ass. Like what he actually did on camera was was horrible. He looked like a <laughs> a seventy five year old man in the body with a, with his forty year old face. Like, uh, yeah, he did not 
at all come close to looking like he actually did what what, what we were supposed to believe he did. Um, it was just a horrible scene. If y'all if y'all if y'all see that, then just keep in mind the worst scene in the movie was when De Niro gets physical with a guy. It was awful. So yeah, in those elements, uh, yeah, you know the movie kind of kind of drug on a little bit, and then it just it just was a it was a little bit of a waste. Yeah, I I, I will say that. Um, it was a good movie. It was it, a good movie. It was a good movie. Um, but that that de aging thing definitely they definitely could have done a lot better. They would have saved money by just getting an actor instead of doing CGI. Um, right. Do you think we're at the time where three-hour movies are no longer effective? I think it's an acquired taste. You know, um, I don't mind them, you know, if it's, a, if it's a good movie. Yeah, I personally don't mind them, but I'm saying, like, in the overall way that audiences are um, constructed, it's kind of hard to do three-hour films unless you're doing a, a Marvel film or something like that. This one, because it, it had action in it, but it, it was more so of a slow build. Um, that was one thing that I was thinking about watching is like how how effective is a movie with this time limit on it? Well, I think that they, these movies have their place, you know, and that's part of what pissed Scorsese off with the whole, at least I believe that's part of what pissed him off with, with the whole Marvel approach that he took mm-hmm. was that he, again, in my judgment, was, was really telling people that films like this um, aren't really given the opportunity to have an impression on the public because of films uh, such as the Marvel-type films that just dominate the marketplace and, and, and dominate the the platforms that are meant to get people's attention and meant to inform people of what's out there. Mm-hmm. Movies like his don't get that opportunity. Um, it's, it's about what people are used to. I mean, keep in mind, The Godfather was a, was a critically acclaimed uh, award-winning movie and is, to this day, one of the most enduring films alive. And mm-hmm. that film is well over three hours. Well over what two two hours three hours I want to say mm-hmm. it's well over two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, all of them, all three, the whole the whole series. So, and you don't feel it though when you watch those movies, you don't feel it. Um, a lot of Scorsese. This is not new to Scorsese. A, a lot of Scorsese. Well, no, I'm not gonna say a lot, but uh, a few, a significant amount of Scorsese's films have been two and a half hour, three hour plus. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is the type of storyteller he is, and I think it depends on on the story. I think it depends on the audience. I think it depends on a lot of things to get away with holding people's time that long. Yeah, but there should be a place for that, you know. No, I agree. The- I agree. There should be a place. I don't have a problem with three hour films myself, but because it allows, in my opinion, it allows you to like develop characters a little more and yeah. not jump across. Uh, the timeline so fast um but it was just something that i was thinking about in terms of like the the average person that's not like a an avid movie watcher like if you're if you're not into character development and stuff like that and all you want to see is all you want to do is be entertained um, it wouldn't be for them it wouldn't be for them Um, and that's okay yeah But, but you have a lot of people that are in the audience that are like that though and that's why I think a movie like The Irishman is probably better suited for uh, Netflix. 
and not the theater. But at the same time, you know, those who people would go to the theater and see that. You know, I, I think it should have an option to be in there. I think yeah, so. But, but when, in this day and age, though, you know, with, with uh, accessibility the way it is as far as films, then a movie like that would be better suited for streaming. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> no, I, I feel like any 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 film is quality, man. Any film that demands an audience or has an audience should be on on the big screen. You know, yeah. where everybody is, and given the same opportunity as anybody else. No, I agree with that. I definitely yeah. do. Um, what else did you? What did you watch over the break? Uh, well, pretty much everything. It sounded like you saw. Um, I caught a, I caught the Kevin Hart doc docu yeah. series. Um, an, another movie which is not for everybody, much like The Irishman, <laughs> a movie is not for everybody. But another movie that's not for everybody, which is getting a lot of attention, um, you hear people talking about as far as the award season conversation, uh, is this movie called Marriage Story, Scarlett Johansson. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I started watching not it. Not a date night, not a date night movie. It's uh, definitely not. I don't think that's the movie you want to watch with your lady at all. But, yeah, we we were debating as to whether we wanted to watch it together or not. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a guy that um, I'm real big on acting, man. You know, mm-hmm. I'm an acting enthusiast. You know, I, I really like to see good, good acting, and that's one of those movies that that has that in it. You know, so that's why I I really liked it, and um, yeah, I think it's gonna do big things because it's getting a lot of attention. But uh, it's again, it's it's really not a movie. Any, there's no black people in it, really. It's not a, <laughs> it's not a, it's not a particular story. Um, be just being honest, it's not a particular story. You're really gonna find people in the hood resonate with. <laughs> but uh, you know, I watched it. It's, it was on Netflix. It had Scarlett Johansson in it, and uh, yeah, it was pretty good. So so much for that. I'm gonna, I don't have, I'm gonna try I don't to feel finish audience it. for that though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. We might. I don't know. We'll see. I could be completely judgmental. I'm. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to finish it. I think I got through like the first forty-five minutes of it, and then. Oh, you tried to watch it. Yeah, try <laughs> I, I, I. It is. Yeah. It, it's not. It's not. It's not for those of us who have, you know, certain backgrounds. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna try and watch it and then give a. a a better um um give you better feedback on it because I, I i i just had to turn it off i just i wasn't in the mood to, for that kind of movie at that time right. um if you're not a film buff or a film enthusiast then i wouldn't bother with it and yeah. that's for anybody, it's for anybody listening yeah if you're just not a person that like to watch movies um or you know well I'll put it like if you are a person that that, that just likes to watch movies then go ahead and check it out. You know, it's worth your time. If you just if you're not a person and you're very specific mm-hmm. in what you in what you give your your attention to, then this wouldn't be for you. Yeah, it's 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 pretty it's pretty directed towards. I mean, it's just it's really a movie that's that's in my in my view showcases off good acting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a relatable story to to people who are not of a certain, um, I guess upper echelon part of white society so to speak okay yeah yeah i um now there was a movie that i watched that was about white people and you know upper echelon uh dirty dancing that's the old uh, yeah yeah i've never seen that i've heard of it yeah 
Rihanna, Rihanna got me to watch it. Um, probably, man, a couple of weeks ago, and then we ended up watching the um, the 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 piece on Netflix called "The Movies That Made Us," and they had an episode okay. on Dirty Dancing. Um, okay. I I will say this. I actually, when I was watching the movie, I liked it. Um, <clears throat> I thought it was I thought it was good. I I actually thought it was a really good movie. Um, but the movies that made us made me actually appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of how they uh they told the story about the production itself and um, uh, how the whole concept came to be. Um. And the way they shot it, I, they the story takes place, I think, in like um, uh, I forgot what it's called. But it's like somewhere in New York, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, but where they shot it was, I think, in Kentucky, and the majority down in North Carolina. Okay. Um, and the 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 places that they chose to to, to uh, shoot. I you really would have thought it was all in one location. Just just watching it and then mm-hmm. watching that 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 piece after it, it mm-hmm. actually blew my mind as to how they pieced it piece everything together. Um and uh I I I have a a huge appreciation for that film now. I think that I might actually um I'm actually try and watch it again um after watching it uh, watching that piece on it. I mean, with it being a classic film, because yeah. of course I, everybody's heard of it. I've definitely heard of it. Yeah. Um, I watched it, so I'm going to check it out. And yeah. We can, uh, we can do something on it. Yeah, I'd be down for that because, um, and you know what? My my appreciation for Patrick Swayze just is now through the roof after watching that. Wow, really? Yeah. I, I, okay. I have more respect. I had respect for him before, and then I didn't even realize that it's been 10 years since he passed away. Um, but I had respect for him before this. Mm-hmm. Um, but my 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 respect for him is completely through the roof now. Okay. I I would I would recommend watching the film and then watching that piece on Netflix. Okay. Watch that. Yeah. I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, because we, yeah, we we did that with uh, Home Alone as well. I mean, I've seen Home Alone and Home Alone. Well, I've seen Home Alone a few times, but Home Alone two I had never seen. So mm-hmm. I had watched that as well, and then they have an episode on that as well. Um, okay. It gives a nice breakdown of, of movies that were in the 60s and 70s. Um, I okay. think, yeah, I think they did Home Alone, This is Dancing. the uh, CNN series, right? Uh, the CNN. I don't know if it's CNN or not. I think, okay, I think I may have heard. I think CNN did something similar to that last year, but I'll check it out, though. Yeah, it's check it out. Yeah, they did. They okay. did one on Ghostbusters as well. I forgot what the other episode was, but um, great piece. That that was a that was okay. worth watching too. Yeah, definitely uh, check out the Irishman if you're into Martin Scorsese films. Um, highly recommend that. Like I said, not one of his best, but uh, definitely yeah. one of the best this year. I will say that definitely one of the best movies. Not I still put Dolomite as my my top. Dolomite is Dolomite is my number one for 2019. Yeah. That was 
I don't think any other movie has beaten that for me. No, no, I would agree with you on that, bro. Yeah, no, I don't think nothing really is as messed with Dolomite. I don't think it's gonna get the love it deserves. But you don't you think know, it wins? Uh, I would be surprised. I'll put it like that. That that will surprise me. But I don't expect it to. Yeah. No, but uh, definitely uh, my top. Uh, that would be my top for for last year. And uh, Irishman runs up there too. That was a pretty good one. So I would recommend both of those. And Marriage Story, if you just are into movies, if you just like movies, then yeah, go ahead and check it out. But it's 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 a it's a pretty unique story. So yeah, that's that's what I have, man. As y'all can see, our feature presentation is Boomerang. We're gonna chop that up. This is Derek's first time uh, seeing it, actually. <laughs> yeah, that so, was. Yeah. <laughs> that was interesting. We've been meaning to get this one. We've been meaning to get to this one too. So yeah. This, this is the one I've been waiting on, man. Yeah. This is the one I've been waiting on. All right, so we're gonna drop the trailer for y'all for the classic uh boomerang eddie murphy robin gibbons halle berry i think this was 1992 i've seen this movie like a million times i have no notes i have nothing prepared <laughs> for this and i really don't believe i need it because most likely don't it's one of those movies that's in your dna man so uh yeah boomerang 1992 eddie murphy Man, stuff like that never happens to anybody except for Marcus. Spend the night with me. Oh, Christy, no, it's just too soon. I can't. The only reason stuff like that happens to me all the time is because I pay attention to women. Check it. It's like Jet Magazine. I've been working here about nine days. You know, I've been on time most of the time, even when it rains. Don't you think it's about time we talk promotion? <laughs> We're colleagues. We can discuss business. Marcus. I'm talking about a business dinner. Just business and straight and discussing our work. You know, there's other things in life besides sex. Come on, how about sharing, commitment? You know, you get to get in touch with your feminine side like me. I'm starting to sound low on the soft side. I'm trying to impress you. You know that. I know. Yeah. Now, where'd you get the mushroom shirt? I got to know. Well, the secret is you got to coordinate. Uh huh. Most people don't coordinate. See, so you got to coordinate. Look what I got. Stop! Hey, haven't you ever seen a guy and thought he was attractive? Women do stuff like that. You see other girls and you say, oh, she's cute or her hair is nice. But guys don't see other guys and go, oh, look at his shoulders. They don't, we don't do that. <laughs> Now, you know what your problem is? You need more romance and less dopamine pension. That's what you need. Oh, God. <laughs> I am Mr. Romance when I meet a woman, and then once I hit it, I lose interest, but that ain't my fault. Where are you going? I have to give a speech in the morning to the board of directors, but thank you. 
You were great. She loves like a... God, Marcus, I was so tense when I got off the plane, but you really relaxed me. Call me. All right, yep, yep. Uh, no Chase Film Society. Uh, thank you for listening and welcome back. We are here in our feature presentation, discussion, film review, and all that good stuff is dedicated to the 1992. Now, I should pull it up. I haven't pulled it up yet, but I want to go ahead and step out on a limb and say Boomerang came up. To, okay, the 1992 romantic comedy, the most un one of the most underrated romantic comedies and a lot of people say is what probably set the tone and rebirthed the whole genre of romantic comedies boomerang the classic boomerang starring uh, eddie murphy robin gibbons halle berry uh with some iconic feature presentation uh or uh, cameos rather from um eartha kitt and a couple other uh, old school black actors I can't name off the top Martin, of my head. Jeff Martin Jeff. Lawrence. Uh, oh, Martin Lawrence. Yeah. Chris Rock. One of the early roles from Mar a very early role from Chris Rock. Mm -hmm. John Witherspoon. Uh, John Witherspoon. Uh, what's the lady? Grace Jones. Grace Jones. Uh, I mean, just just a just a collection. Just a just. Yeah, she was wild. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just just as as Eddie Murphy has, has tended to do. Just a, a great cast of, of black talent. Uh, Derek, I'm gonna give you the floor on this one because this is your first time. This is one. This well, you just saw it recently, right? Mm -hmm. This is pretty much your first time watching it, so I'm gonna give you the floor, man. Because I, I, yeah, yeah, you gotta have this one. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> man, I um, this was perfect. I, I actually, I'll tell you what. I started watching the the um, Boomerang show on BET. Um, I think like last summer, um, mm -hmm. and I I, could, I knew it was based off of the film or um, like a continuation or something like that. I knew it had something to do with the film, but I never I had never seen the movie, so I actually stopped watching it so that I could watch the movie and then restart the the show. Because uh, I think they're going into their second season now. Um, I have no complaints about this movie, man. This was funny as hell. The <laughs> the the, um, the character that really sticks out in my mind was uh, Stranger. Wow, yeah. She. Um, I don't even know what else to say about her. Um, very strange. <clears throat> Very, very strange. I will say I had always heard that uh, that Marcus Darling line before, but I didn't know where it came from. Right. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I uh, man, I actually felt bad for 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 uh, for Marcus in that in that scene, man. Um, yeah. That that I, my heart went out to him. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. <laughs> this was this was 
you don't see too many films that have an all-star cast um, that are that that's able to piece everybody together and it flows very well. Um, right. And so far, what this is what three that Eddie Murphy's done, or he has he's done more. No, he's done more because he had life. So you had uh, Harlem Nights, Boomerang, Life. You mean as far as the ensemble cast? Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess you can put Coming to America. Maybe. Coming to America. The, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty sure. But more so, the stronger would be yeah, Boomerang, Boomerang, uh, Harlem Nights, and uh, Life. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he pretty. And, and maybe Dolomite. And Dolomite. Dolomite mm-hmm. is my name. You know, yeah. Pretty generous cast. So... I'm starting to wonder if this is uh, something that we should have a conversation about in terms of Eddie Murphy, um, because anyone else has really done that or tried to do it. It's not really. I can't think of anyone that's actually done it on this same level as as far as having that all star cast. Right. Um, you. I mean, you. You may be right. Uh, Chris Rock attempt. Well, no, not Chris Rock. I'm sorry. Adam Sandler mm-hmm. attempts it. You know, if you want to talk about just you know actors in general. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Eddie Murphy seems to be you know as far as black talent, one of the ones who, who really tends to to give a pretty large uh, body of work, man, to to a lot of good talent. So yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that, but. As far as uh, t- talking a little bit about the movie, though, as far as what it's about, you know, um, Eddie Murphy plays uh, pretty much a player. You mm-hmm. know, he's a, he's a player type of dude who works in the advertising world, you know, the corporate America advertising world, and um, he comes across uh, Jacqueline Broyer, who is played by Robin Givens, who ends up, um, unbeknownst to him, becomes his boss in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And uh, through that, a relationship ensues that ultimately takes Eddie Murphy on a course where, as the movie says, uh, I think in the tagline, you know, where a player is about to be played or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you 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 were pretty much still telling you know talking about your experience with the movie, Derek. But I just wanted to put it out there a little bit. What was your? Uh, I'm just curious to know what was your experience as far as the. The, the acting, the talent, and all of that. Oh, I loved it. This movie, um, again, I can't like I can't talk about it enough. Like the uh, the ability to get big stars together and everyone has their place, big or small, yeah. they do it well. Um, his relationship with. Um, with uh, David Allen Greer and, and, and Martin Lawrence in this film, I thought it was hilarious as hell. Right. Um, man, I don't I don't know I don't know how else to say it. That that was um I appreciated it, man. This was this was one of those films that um I thought it was very well written actually. Right. Who wrote this? Um, screenplay, uh, according to Wikipedia, Barry W. Blostein, uh, David Sheffield, directed by Reginald Utland, you know, who was director of the, uh, 
of the film House Party. You know, we all know House Party. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, Reginald Hutland directed it. Screenplay by Barry W. Blaustein and David Sheffield. Story by Eddie Murphy. This so was, this was well you done. know, this and this was every bit of an Eddie Murphy. Yeah. You know, out of the mind of Eddie Murphy. Out of the mind of Eddie Murphy. You can see that. Yeah. Uh, throughout the film. Yeah, no, this is, um, <clears throat> this makes me want to, I, this is like, like what we were talking about on uh, that last episode about Dolomite, this makes me want to, um, to not only watch that show of, of Boomerang, but, um, even watch this movie over again to pick right. up what I missed. Um, because this was, I don't even know what else to say about it. <laughs> um, I'm wondering though, is this the film? When did when did when did Martin start his show? Martin. Martin, I want to say started shortly after this movie. So, so you think this is where he met with Tisha Martin Campbell? I mean, Campbell Martin. Well, you know they had uh, well they crossed paths uh, on the House Party film as well. Oh, that's right. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so they've 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 interacted professionally for a few a few years okay. before before they got on the show. Okay. Yeah. But this was this was definitely uh, also one of her breakout performances as well. Tisha Campbell, she got a lot of attention from from her role. Yeah, she well. demanded attention with this role. Yeah. yeah, this was definitely one of her iconic roles. But um, yeah, if I had to. Put a little a little commentary on this. I would definitely say, um, I agree with you. This is pretty much a, a damn near flawless movie, man. It's yeah. It's it's not much criticism you can you can have with this. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna even go so far and say, it is, it is tragically underrated. This movie I think is tragically so. underrated, man. I think like, so. If this was a white movie, <laughs> starring a white lead. <laughs> And get, y'all get used to hearing me say this because these are the comparisons I'm going I'm going to make often. Right. How how black films get shitted on, in in, in comparison and in, in relation to the the mainstream films that we get. Um, if this was a white film, would say starring who's the comedic talent of of this of '92? I, I don't know white guy. I don't uh, know. Let's say Adam Tom Sandler, Gr- Jim Carrey. No, I don't think Sandler was thought of in '92, really, was he? Um, Jim Carrey was on um, *Eleven Color*, right? And Jim Carrey doesn't have half the charisma to pull off a role like this. No. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, this is this 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 is a unique role. This is not a really a comedic role. It's not. You know, he's really not all that funny in this in this movie. Mm-mm. But the movie is, is is again, in my judgment. The film that set the tone for romantic comedies, period. Not black romantic comedies, but just romantic comedies, period. This movie was, like I said, pretty much flawless. Um, and to have a cast that's pretty much all black, and at no point in time was really being black or race really ever mentioned, with the exception of that one scene when the guys were in the uh, in the clothing store. And they had the interaction with man, the, that uh, was hilarious. With the uh, sales associate, um, but pretty much this movie was not in your face about black love or anything black at all. It was just black people who happened to be very professional 
um, very well-off people that dealt with whatever love triangles and, and love clashes they had. And again, acting was, was, was phenomenal. Uh, Halle Berry, one of her early performances, Love Should Have Brought You Home scene, legendary. I, she doesn't get enough credit for the, the, the complexity that she did, did demonstrated in this movie. The Halle Berry that was in the first half of this movie mm-hmm. is not the same Halle Berry in the last half of this movie. No, the Halle not. Berry you meet in this movie, to talk about somebody who had a character art, man. Like she probably had the the most the fiercest character art mm-hmm. uh, in the movie. Yeah, I would agree know, with because that. Because she she is two different people when you meet her and when you leave her mm-hmm. in this film. Um, underrated role for her. You said David Allen Greer, another underrated supporting cast performance. Um, just a, just an all-around good film, man, as far as direction is concerned. Reginald Hutland, who doesn't have a lot of director, uh, directorial credits. Um, I can I, I only think of a couple off the top of my head. I think his most recent one was um, Thurgood. I think Thurgood movie that came out a few years ago. Oh. So, uh, you know, he, he, he's pretty solid. And, of course, you, you know, he's responsible for uh, the house party, the first one. I don't know about the ones after that. I don't think so. But the, definitely he, he, he gave us the, the, front, the uh, house party, the first house party movie. So he's, he's, he's great in, in this as, as, well as, um, as well as Eddie Murphy as far as the... the, the because this is his story. You can tell this This is pretty much his brainchild. Right. You know, he's, he's one of those guys like Adam Sandler. You know what I mean? You can get whoever to direct the movie, but it's Eddie Murphy's movie. Right. Um, this is definitely one of the best he ever did. If I had to name the top five, my top five Eddie Murphy movies, I don't know where I would put Boomerang in that number just yet, but it's definitely in my top five. Is Dolomite in your top five? That's a good damn question. I'm going to say as of right now, mm, no, nah, I think it, let's figure that out. we got a couple of minutes. Let's, let's figure it out. <laughs> okay, I, I would definitely say Coming to America, uh-huh. Boomerang, Harlem Nights, mm-hmm. Beverly Hills Cop. Mm-hmm. I would not put that on my, my top five because though I can't probably, I would say life probably. In my, it, it was up there life, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I can play with that. That fifth one, and yeah. I don't think you put Dolomite up there yet. Nah, Dolomite wow. was a damn good movie though. Dolomite was a damn good movie. It was one of his best movies. It was definitely one of his best movies, but I can't put it in my top five. And Trading uh, Places. Is still I up was there. just about to say Trading <laughs> Places. Yeah. Um, you get uh, another forty-eight hours. I mean, not another. Excuse me, forty-eight hours. Not mm-hmm. another forty-eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> but uh, forty-eight hours is still out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. No. Dolomite would, is maybe maybe top ten. Top ten. Yeah. Oh, definitely top ten. Maybe top ten, but not top five. Yeah. Um. I I I uh. I I'm I have to be honest. I don't know much about Grace Jones. Hmm. Um, so give me, give me a little understanding of who she is because this strange character just like, I don't know what it, what it was about her. Um, 
the outside of the fact that she was just strange um she gave birth to a perfume <laughs> bottle like <laughs> um that that character i would say is pretty consistent with uh the i don't want to say the real life grace jones but the grace jones outside of uh the film this particular film mm-hmm. uh all I know is that she initially started as a singer, I believe. Did a little acting, you know, in her heyday, which I think her heyday might have been the eighties. Okay. You know, late late seventies, throughout the eighties. She was pretty pretty major in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, that's that's really not my, my lane though. As far as Grace Jones either. Okay. Uh I, I do know that she was a she was a singer, she was an entertainer. And by the time she did this movie though in ninety two, I'm pretty sure she, she wasn't a major star though in '92. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that from what, from from what I remember because I remember this movie. You know, I was pretty mm-hmm. young when it came out, but I do remember this movie. And I think Grace Jones had pretty much seen her better days in '92. Okay, by this by time, so Eddie kind of brought her back. This kind of reinvented her. Uh, okay. um, I would say in a lot of ways. But hey, a fun fact about Grace Jones, which. Uh, my church-going people out there, you know, in, in society may find interesting. But I don't know if you're familiar with Bishop Noel Jones, the preacher. Yeah. Noel Jones. That's actually his sister. Great. They're, they're, they're related. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's only relevant to a, probably a fraction of people listening to this. But I mean, Oh, yeah. wow. If you're in the whole black church circle and... That's your thing, you know. Yeah, Bishop Noel Jones and yeah, Grace Jones. They're like they're, they're, that's the sister. <laughs> they're, they're brother and sister. No bullshit. <laughs> but, um, I could only imagine how how he must have been sitting in that theater watching this movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh my but, god. But we got to give uh, yeah. Let's look at this cast real quick, man. But, but while we get into this, because uh, like I said, we were just talking about the cast. And it's, it's, it's probably one of the most legendary black cast, really cast, period, I would say. But definitely one of the most legendary, solid black cast you can probably put on screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about John Witherspoon for a minute, a breakout role for right. him in this movie. And rest in peace to uh, the legendary John Witherspoon. As we listen to this, uh, he passed, which I think we might have mentioned Yeah, on one of our podcasts. But yeah, John Witherspoon, the late John Witherspoon, I think the bang 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 was invented in this movie. <laughs> the whole bang 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 persona was invented in this movie. And as a matter of fact, if you guys want to check out uh, some 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 pretty good history on on this movie, check out the interview John Witherspoon did. I want to say he did it with Vlad. Yeah, I didn't did get to. I watched part of that. There's an interview out there, and we're going to have to start putting links into this stuff in here, but there's an interview out there where he actually talks about how he got this role. And uh, we might have, did we mention this on the last podcast? He probably mentioned this, too, on the last podcast about John Witherspoon. But I'm going to say it again. He pretty much talks about how he got this role, and all of that was improvised. The whole lot, that table scene, the bang, bang, bang. You gotta, <laughs> gotta, you gotta coordinate. coordinate. <laughs> All of that came out of his damn head, man. That dude because is a genius. Eddie said he didn't have a script. He wanted John Witherspoon in the movie, but he didn't have a script for him. He just wanted him in the movie out of respect for him being the legendary John Witherspoon. And if anybody knows John Witherspoon, you would know he went way back as far as prior. Like he came, he was in the school with prior. 
or mm-hmm. came out of the the, uh, the camp or whatever of mm-hmm. Richard Pryor. So uh, Eddie had respect for him as a comic and put him in the movie and knowing that he didn't really, and pretty much had the strong arm and through his Eddie Murphy magic to get him in the movie because the studio didn't even want it. They didn't see a need for the scene. The movie was done, uh, according to John Witherspoon. Uh, the movie was pretty much done before they before they filmed that dinner scene. But because Eddie wanted John Witherspoon in the film, they shot this dinner scene, and most of that, what you saw in that, was improvised. I mean, so basically you have a whole part of the movie, which is the most iconic, if not one of the most iconic parts of that movie, is that dinner scene. Which that's phenomenal. Out of the mind <laughs> of somebody they didn't, they didn't even want in the movie. That's phenomenal. I I wonder like because because he also had a, I mean he didn't have a sex scene, but he had a scene where he was coming out of the bathroom <laughs> with his wife, yeah, fixing yeah. his clothes and everything like yeah. that. It, I wonder was that part improvised as well? If I want to say like I said, I, I, I'm gonna link the interview. And we're going to have to come back and reference the interview. He he pretty much said, and forgive me if I'm wrong, or correct, you know, charge it to my my memory. But I want to say, he said that the whole damn scene was improvised, with the exception of uh, them saying, "Look, we're going to have it's going to be dinner. You know, we're going to be sitting here at a dinner at dinner table, and we're going to be eating." I think that's pretty much all he had to work with. And Eddie went to John Witherspoon and said, "Look, man, I don't have a script for you. Uh, <laughs> like, we don't. If we fuck this up, you know, they, you know, something of that nature." But, but uh, yeah, John said he had it, and uh, he said he pretty much came up with the line. I understand some girl work got you pussy work, and from there the reaction oh, that you was saw, beautiful. <laughs> the reaction you saw them do was a real reaction to some shit they didn't know was coming out of his mouth. And when you watch that scene, and I think I've seen that, I've seen that movie since that interview. When you watch that movie, man, you'll see that that scene looks like, okay, they didn't know that shit was coming. <laughs> so, from according to John Witherspoon, that entire scene, for the most part, was improvised. That is... Completely out of his, his imagination. Dude is... Dude was... Uh... He was a genius, man. That that right, at least in that capacity, that's fucking genius. Man. Oh, most definitely. I, because I, again, like I said, that is clear. That bang bang. First of all, he got paid off a of bang 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 to mm. the day he died. Oh yeah. You know that, his family that, will eat for the rest of their lives bang, based off of that. Bang 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 is 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 synonymous with John Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the bathroom, I think the bathroom scene didn't he didn't he? Well, no, he uh he had sex in the bathroom. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. the bathroom scene. On a Friday, but um, but yeah, man, the coordinate you got to coordinate that all of that shit, man. That's that's classic John Witherspoon. That is him, yeah. and all of that was pretty much out of here. Now he said that he picked out the clothes and everything. He said he picked all that out. He said they, they brought him <laughs> wardrobe, and in in wardrobe he happened to see okay, it's a mushroom shirt, the mushroom <laughs> belt. <laughs> And he said the shit just happened to fit him was his size. I mean, it's just crazy, man. It's crazy. And oh the, what's God. crazy is it's, it's that Dolomite effect. That, that Dolomite effect. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Where people like this can't work. This ain't Hollywood, rather. You know what I mean? The the the, the suits. The people with the money mm-hmm. will tell you this won't work. We're not doing that shit. But if you just let the artist be the artist, you'll see that it's absolutely gonna work. 
And not only will it work, but it will make the fucking movie. Right. You know, that clearly, that scene right there clearly has to be one of the most, the most standout scene of the whole movie. Oh. Everybody knows bang, bang, bang. Everybody knows you got to coordinate. I mean, and it was it was improvised from from the mind of John Witherspoon. That shit is, is just highly impressive to me. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that but that 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 goes to I'm that's the reason why I'm so thankful that we are in the in the day and age we are right now where we don't have to go to studios to to get our stuff done. Right. We can just put it out and and let it be let and and let the people decide whether it's good or not. The the there are no more gatekeepers. Right. Um, you know, right. like just imagine if they actually went went through with that and said, "No, we're not going to put them in. We'll do something else." That that was to me that was the best scene of the movie. The the uh, John Witherspoon scene, right? Yes, that was the best <laughs> scene of that movie. I I I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, Tisha Campbell put in work too. Tisha Campbell, she but did. with the small scene she had, she. One of the few people I can say actually stole a scene from Eddie Murphy, male or female. Mm-hmm. That her scenes actually stole stole the scenery from Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Um very talented lady, man. Tisha Campbell. She did a lot with that little role. She did. She did. Um Martin Lawrence. Gotta talk about Martin Lawrence, man. One of the breakout breakout performances for him from him. Mm-hmm. Uh Again, it, it like liked him a whole lot in this one. Um, Halle Berry, just talk about her a little bit. What, what were your thoughts on her? Man, um, I would agree with what you said in terms of her arc of the uh, having the, the 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 biggest arc of character development because she came in this little meek and mild type of person and by the end she had this confidence that just blew everyone out the room um man i i don't know why something something about Halle Berry just kind of confuses me because she is a really good (laughs) actor she she (laughs) she acts very well she she's good at her craft but she right. chooses some of the weirdest movies and characters to 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 display. I I, I don't I don't get that. Uh, uh, her whole, I mean, the last couple of movies that she's done, I, I I'm I've outside of John Wick three, which I have I still haven't seen. Um, yeah. So, so I can't speak on her character in that movie. But, um, God, I forgot the name of this one movie that she did. Um. It was like nine. Was like she was a nine one one operator. Oh, I think it's kidnapped or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. A WWE movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that dog tell you right there. That that was that was a dog. But <laughs> I, she confuses me, man, because I think she would she's be. Spotty. She, she's spotty. Yes. Spotty. Yes. She she's like spotty. if if anyone out there uh, knows basketball, she's like J R Smith. She's very streaky. <laughs> Sometimes she she's 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 in a good rhythm, and then the other times she's just all bricks. Um, but she, she, but there's some films she's put a she's put a, a 
Not literally. Yeah. They often feel to put her ass in. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> when she hits, yeah. she hits. And this is one of those roles that she hit. This was really good. This is definitely one of our better roles. One of our best roles. Yes. If, if you had to name and do a countdown on um, the best of Halle Berry's work, I would put Boomerang in there as well. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Um, Robin Gibbons, who you don't see a lot of in movies. Or you haven't seen a lot of yeah. movies. I think she's pretty much, um, I don't know, on the on a different list now, a lower a lower class of actors now. Yeah. But in her heyday, you know, she even then, you know, you don't really have a lot of Robin Givens in movies. Yeah. Um, so this is again, I would say one of her better movies, one of the best movies she's ever done. Um, Jacqueline Brewer, like I said, pretty iconic film figure i liked her in this movie yeah i liked her in this movie no she she did a good job in this one too um yeah oh man she she did more tv than than film i'm looking at her uh yeah she's more she she did a lot of tv yeah because i remember her in fresh prince i do remember that yeah i know she's had a had minor film roles yeah she even now gets minor film roles but she uh in her heyday, which this is this year in nineteen ninety two at this time right here, mm-hmm. um I believe this is supposed to be Robin Givens, um in her prime, and definitely again one of those iconic roles that that follow her and rightfully so. Um, yeah, I don't know if anybody else could have played this role like her. Not not that way. Not at that point yeah. in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think I, mean, I think like, I think she was perfect for that role. Yeah. Layla Rashawn, a real early role for Layla Rashawn is in this one. Yeah, and you know what? I, as a kid, I used to Bad get them feet. confused. Uh, Robin Gibbons and Layla Rashawn? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, Layla, um, Layla Rashawn has had some pretty, uh, pretty extensive work. I don't know of anything too iconic. Waiting to Exhale. Well, that, I was, that would be the only one I would, I would say. Yeah. You know, what would you give her after that? I don't know. Outside yeah. of this, I don't know. Yeah, and this, she, she, and this wasn't even a big role for her in this Well, movie. Sunshine. Sunshine and Harlem Nights. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. You know, so, yeah, she, she she's held down some, some pretty strong characters, and this, def, this is definitely one of them. Even though, again, she's not in this movie very long. Mm-mm. But, um... You know her and those in the in the feet, the hammer time in the shoe, like that don't go nowhere. Nah, <laughs> you know. Nah. That don't. Go so. Nah. Yeah, she's she's another one that's more on TV than film as well. But she's done some movies though. I no, don't she think she, she has movies. done movies, but but she, her she's mainly in TV. Yeah, in like in what maybe like in guest spots as of recently, but I think she 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 started out as 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 a film talent. I mean, we pretty much knew her as a film talent. Unlike Robin Givens, who actually started out as TV talent mm-hmm. and eventually kind of merged into film with uh, with movies like, I think, Rage Up in Harlem was one of her early movies, which really wasn't a good movie. Um, but it was one of her early roles. And, and this one right here, where Layla Rashawn actually pretty much, um, we, we got introdu- introduced to her in, in film. Ah, she was on The Cosby yeah. Show. Oh, okay, yeah. 
yeah, Cosby right. Show, what's happening now, the facts of life. I I didn't I didn't realize that. This is Layla Rashawn. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Amen. Those are feature spots, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Those aren't oh. big roles, but she she's, I mean, she's working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. Well, yeah. I guess she did get us a, a, a start in TV. I guess. But you know, Robin Gibbs was actually on a show. You yeah. Know, she had a, yeah. a job on the show. Is yeah. what I mean. But um, but yeah, no. I, well, I could say this: I didn't get really introduced to Layla Rashawn until Sunshine, man. <clears throat> yeah, until Sunshine on Harlem Nights, and uh, yeah, eventually, and of course, uh, films like Waiting to Exhale. So she's she's uh, but this right here stands out again as, as one of her one of her pretty prominent roles. I mean, we all remember, you know, Hammer Time in the Shoe. We all remember that. Yeah. So, no, I would agree with you on that one. I don't. I don't remember yeah. seeing her in much before that either. But now this was the, I'm, again. No matter how big or small, and Earth, Eartha Kit as well. Um, oh yeah. Gotta mention her, but I, no, yeah. Eartha Kit. <laughs> that was that was disturbing. Um. But no matter how big or small, everyone did an amazing job. Right. They did an amazing job. Yeah, excellent cast. Excellent cast. Uh, I agree with you. Excellent script. Um, great film. Great film. Great, great. A masterpiece from Eddie Murphy, Reginald Hudlin. Uh, also, this was uh, produced by Brian Grazer. You know, that... that um, he pretty much world famous. Brian Grazer, who's done a lot of work with Ron Howard. Mm-hmm. This is one of his early productions. So uh, yeah, man, yeah, great movie. Highly recommended to the society. Definitely check it out. Uh, I'm pretty sure most people who actually, you know, at this stage is already caught Eddie, uh, Eddie Murphy and Boomerang. But uh, if you like Derek and late to the game, then. Uh, <laughs> Then check it out, man. Check it out. I recommend this one. Um, as you heard Derek say, you know, it, it doesn't age. Because like I said, I mean, you, you this came out in 92. You just saw it a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. This movie this movie doesn't age. You, you When you watch it, you really don't, you're not watching 1992. No. It does, it's, that's another great thing about this film. And something that, again, is underrated about it. This movie has the same appeal now, by watching it now, as... When I first watched it, and every and, every, and I've watched it several times over the years, every time I watch it, man, it's not like this movie gets old. You know, right. it's it's it just has a that 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 appeal to it where it just it's just not dated. So, yeah, and I I yeah. like being able to watch movies like that. Right, right. Yeah, so yeah, man, stellar, stellar black cast, one of the one of the best uh, ensemble cast works um you can put out there it's just it's just it's 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 an ace on 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 many many levels many many levels so i give it a high recommendation check it out boomerang 1992 starring eddie murphy halle berry and robin gibbons all right yes sir so uh chuck look for us next week uh and actually follow me on instagram i am chris ali that is my name i am and my name chris ali that's Ali spelled spelled A L E E. 
Also look for No Chase Film Society on Instagram. That's NC, the letters NC in the words Film Society um, on Instagram. And uh, go ahead and give your information out there, D. Uh, uh, at OTS Guys, that's on all platforms. And uh, if you want to follow me personally, uh, you can. It's uh, uh, Derek at Derek OTS underscore right. OTS. Yeah, so follow us, man. Then keep up with the next movie. We're going to pretty much have that posted um, Friday as well. Um, also, you can look for us on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you find find podcasts. Uh, just look us up. No Chase Film Society, the podcast. And look for us to give you something at least once a week on Friday. That's the goal. All right? That's the yes, 2020 sir. agenda. I think me and Derek can hold that down for y'all. Yes, sir. All right. All right, D. We appreciate it, man. I appreciate you, bro. All right. Till next time.